Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, Elsie, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right. Welcome, everybody. I have with me Audra Robinson. Audra, how are you? I'm well. Good morning. I am so excited about this conversation for a number of reasons. I always love talking with fellow entrepreneurs because we're a bit crazy. And so it's always good to sit down um, across from another quote unquote crazy. And I use that in the most affectionate way possible just to bounce ideas off of each other and and to help other people grow in that area. But before we get into the content, Audra, can I get a oh yeah? Oh yeah. I have to <laughs> add a body roll. <laughs> nice. So tell us a little bit about your business, Audra. So I am the founder and CEO of Rocky Robinson Self-Care for Girls. It's a personal care brand created for kids teaching them to love themselves from the inside out. The hero of my brand was purposely created with deep brown skin and textured hair because I wanted to have representation and be unapologetic about creating products that have black and brown girls at the forefront, but products that all girls love and use every day. And as a part of the business, we are social impact business as well. So we give back to organizations that support better outcomes for black girls. Very cool. As you're talking, I'm thinking of people that we can uh, that I can possibly connect you with. What prompted you to start your your company in the first place? So I started thinking about my brand probably over eight years ago, working in corporate America in marketing roles and often being the only or few at the table who look like me. And it really didn't sit well with me at all. I grew up around some really amazing people who look like me, who helped guide me as a student and then also as a professional. And so I wanted to figure out how I could potentially change the future when it comes to kids and thinking about careers specifically in my field, which was uh, marketing and advertising. And so I would go to schools and talk to kids about careers in the marketing industry and what that could look like. Um, I would do exercises with them so that they could see that it's very possible to work in advertising and come up with great marketing and branding ideas. Does include being a part of some really big CPG product launches. My last role was actually with Pfizer on the consumer health side. So I was a part of launching new innovations for brands like Advil and Chapstick and Emergency. And so I wanted to take that idea of creating products uh, within the CPG industry, um, but making them 
really represent girls who look like me and using that as a way to give back. One of the key factors to think about is that the CP kids personal care is a $25 billion industry. And yet organizations that support black and brown girls are very underfunded. And so I wanted to figure out how to make all those things work together because as African-American consumers over index in those categories, and we should also benefit from that. So CPG, what, uh, what is that? CPG stands for consumer packaged goods. So that's everything you consume basically from food, beauty, health and wellness products, household products. That's CPG. Got it. Now I, I have a, a, an idea that I know the answer to this next question, but on enterprise. Now we like to talk about the four main areas of business, marketing, sales, operations and finance. Audra, what's your favorite area of business? Okay, so my favorite area is definitely marketing. It's what I do best. And I would say the other, especially being now being on the business side, a small business side, the other parts I have a lot of opportunity to grow. Got it. Now, if and I know this is a, such a loaded question, but what is the one thing that you've learned over your time and experience in marketing that is a game changer somebody listening to this podcast if they know slash do this thing they will grow in the area of marketing i would say the game changer is definitely research even before you dive in knowing you know who your consumer your customer will be researching and understanding category it's playing in who are the competitors who are those brands that you look up to so I think the ground floor should be research. And I think it's game changing. Now, do you have any tools, anything um, that you've used in order to, to do that research? Um, maybe online tools or um, organizations that you um, have used? So um, from a small business perspective, you know, the cheapest and easiest tool is definitely Google. I would say also even using social media when it comes to competitive information, looking at some of those brands that are in the same categories that you play in. And then there's, you know, tools that you can pay for, or even through Google, you can find research from those categories. I like using Nielsen. They are really the data and insights experts and you can find, you know, many other resources, including segmentation, like who is your key consumer. And you can even Google specifically soccer moms and whatever category you're playing in or business. Um, so I would always start with Google for sure. So you mentioned areas of, of growth. Uh, let's talk operations a bit, right? Because when you're um, an entrepreneur and really, even if you're an entrepreneur, you're a part of a, of a larger organization, you're actually you you can benefit from thinking entrepreneurially. Um, what, from an operations perspective, have you learned since you launched your business? I've really learned that being really agile operationally is, is really key. Um, from an operations standpoint, many businesses are challenged right now because of supply. So agility is really key. 
including for me, because I'm a solo entrepreneur, if something works for me, I just want to stick with that. And it's hard for me to kind of shift out of that sometimes. Um, and so I've learned to ask a lot of questions with my current relationships and vendors so that I can get at the resources and even better operations. So an example of that is that I, um, my labels, I had a printer and the relationship was great. They delivered wonderfully the first round. And then when I went back to reprint with them, it was a disaster. Um, the colors were off, my labels were blurred, but thankfully during that relationship, I had asked them about manufacturers just because of the, the relationships that they likely had when it came to labeling product. I assume may have met along the way or knew of some manufacturers. And so I was able to extract leads from that printer on um, potential manufacturers that I could partner with. And that is actually that one of those leads I, I partner with today. And it, it changed my business operationally from going from making my products at home. So being a maker, but being able to scale up by finding blender who could take all of that off my plate and blend and bottle and label the products for me. And so that changed my business literally just four months ago where I went from buying the raw ingredients on my own, blending, bottle labeling, packing and shipping from home. Um, now I have a blender and I have been able to offload production. So it's been amazing. And that's all from leveraging the label printer that I had to ask questions to get at exactly what I needed for the stage of business I'm in. So let's talk sales. Naturally, some people believe that sales is the number one thing. I happen to be from the school of thought that um, if nobody knows about your product, then you're probably not going to make many sales. So so I sort of think marketing is kind of the, the, the front end or the, the head of the horse. But sales is a very, 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 very close second. What sort of what, what things or, or insights have you gained in terms of sales uh, that you can share with us? I am such a traditional marker and marketer and really not a maker either, because my business was really created out of an idea to help you know, cre create more representation in a white space that I saw from a product perspective. I would say what I've learned when it comes to sales is that it is really key in order to one, show revenue, right? You've got to sell the product to show revenue. And there's um, doors when it comes to sales and channels. So for me, I launched uh, GTC, direct-to-consumer online using social media, to drive awareness of my brand. And um, it was a game changer when I launched on Instagram in March, 2020. And so that sales piece really started to come into play as my brand started to gain traction. And I started to get not just local as well as national and even international press. And so the sales piece started to, to play when I started getting calls from other retailers or doors or channels that saw the gap and saw the opportunity for my brand. So for instance, I got a call for um, my products to be placed in a hospital gift shop. I'm based in Minneapolis. And so it just so happens this hospital gift shop, the nation's highest sales grossing hospital gift shop. So that really blew me away that in, you know, in St. Paul, which is uh, the capital city of 
Minnesota, um, that the hospital that they have there sells has highest sales out of any hospital gift shop in the nation. And so they asked me to be a part of their gift shop and I have primary placement actually on their, on their counter. And so that was a channel that I never thought about, but that actually helped me get my feet wet when it comes to selling my products from a wholesale perspective, because I just hadn't thought about that from a business perspective at all. Give us a, Give us some insights in terms of how you go about and obviously don't give us the, the the behind the scenes or the secrets. Right. But some of the things that you consider when you're when you're thinking about things like pricing and positioning and um, how you're you're sort of, you know, from a strategic perspective, establishing your your, your business. Um, so for me, when I started to think about pricing, positioning, um, and just overall my why, it was for sure that I wanted to create a brand that felt very accessible. Um, and so pricing and even how you position and message your brand will help tell that story. Um, and I say, I would say going back to research again, using those tools to figure out you know, what category are you playing in? So in my case, kids personal care, which there really aren't a lot of players when it comes to body care um, in this space for particularly not that body, this body care product is only for black and brown kids because it's body care and it's moisturizing and skin nurturing ingredients that all kids can use. But I look at that category to see what the pricing looks like and um, also adjacent categories. So um, hair care as well, even though I'm not currently, I will in the future, but what does the pricing look even within hair care? So looking at the category you're in and those competitors as well as adjacent relevant categories helps with it's really good stuff. And um, Audrey, well you strike me as a very intelligent, smart, forward thinking entrepreneur, but I'm sure if you're anything like me, there are some things that you've done that you wouldn't put on that shelf of, of, of smart things. So what is, what is the stupidest thing you've done? <laughs> oh, the R and B version. Okay. What's the stupidest thing I've done? Um, okay. First, I do want to say what I've learned on this journey, going from being in corporate marketing roles for almost 20 years to now being on the small business side for almost two years, is that maybe there really aren't any stupid things because they're learning opportunities. So I really struggle with this question. Um, frankly, when I think about the whole, the stupidest thing that I've done is resigned from a role over 10 years ago that I didn't leave feedback, that I was just done. I gave my notice and I was done. Um, and especially since I've been on the sidelines on this side of small business since um, 2020, when so much changed when it comes to the conversations around equity within the workplace and C-suite roles, I would say as I've watched those conversations, that feedback way back then, um, which was 
almost eight, ten years ago, probably would have been helpful. And, and it, frankly, the things that I've heard and the things that I've lived, not much has changed. And so I, I felt when those conversations started to bubble up following the murder of George Floyd, and particularly around like the 15% challenge, because that represents 15% of African Americans in the U.S., and that drive for representation in more rules, et cetera, I felt a sense of responsibility there that even way back then that I didn't leave my feedback. So I would say that really is one of the things. And feedback in general is so important, even as a small business owner, to get feedback, be it from my vendors on how maybe I could, you know, be a little bit more efficient be it from um, you know contractors that I use if if I receive that feedback that's an opportunity for Very me to cool. you know think differently in my business and even grow so, yes feedback which is a really good segue Giving to my last question what tips do you have for people who um, are doing um, doing the dance the hustle right they're doing their day job and they have their side hustle um, but they want to, they want to step out. They want to, to give it a hundred percent and do a full time. What, what would you say to them? Wow. That is such an interesting challenge because the reason why I am working full time on my business is because I was laid off in December, 2019. Um, and then I launched my brand full time on Inst Instagram. I went full time in my business starting March 2020. So I, I would probably not be the best person to give that advice because I, if I hadn't gotten laid off and received uh, a great severance that helped me feel comfortable, right, in moving from being, um, you know, full time in corporate in marketing, which is an industry that I chose and I loved, to receiving a severance that helped me feel comfortable at this stage in my life where I could, I mean, I, I received a six figure severance, right? So a part of it was I knew as I planned my life out that, okay, I can comfortably take a year or so I can use my, the way it needed to be invested in, um, with, you know, offloading production that cost money. That was a $25,000 investment, right? So I would say to do it when it, when it works for you and your lifestyle. Um, I'm bootstrapping my business and I was able to do that through my personal savings. Um, I, I happen, I'm married, so I have, I have benefits, but those, because my husband works, um, but those are things that you're so for you to think about. And I would say, do it when it's right for you. Don't get caught up in kind of the Instagram narrative that, you know, you got to go 100% all in because that might have you homeless. <laughs> you don't you don't need that. Right. You need to have a place, um, you know, to have some shelter and work from. And um, but yet there's some successful stories of people who were living out of their house and hus uh, out of their car and hustling. So I think, again, do what works for you and the timing that works for you. Um, take partners that might be able to help you along the way, um, because I do have some regret in um, from idea and concept. And even when I started almost eight years ago to really not going in full time until, you know, 2020. So, um, but again, I think things work out the way they're supposed to work out. So do it when it feels right. 
I actually, can I tell you this? I've actually been thinking about when might be the right time for me to go back to work full time so that I can continue to one, have the lifestyle that I'm used to, um, at least at some level, um, and maybe even hire someone part time to help grow and drive my business. And then I can be like the hustler who kind of can juggle both. So I've actually been thinking about that now that I've checked off many milestones um, that I had for my business as it until it grows to get to a point where it can pay me that feels comfortable for me. You said so, so much in that answer. That's like that literally question. we could cover another hour and a half, but some, some keys, keys that I took away from it, right. Is, um, your personal savings. Um, you, you really want to evaluate your unique situation because every situation is different. But the, the thing that you hit on that I, I really loved is do it when it's right for you when what's right for me is not right for someone else. And and I think part of, of, of my journey, right. Is, is, um, being self-aware enough to know, okay, for me and my unique situation and, and what I need and want, this is the path. Um, so that's great. And I also love how you brought up you're now starting to, to, to strategize on, on ways. How can I become uh, more of a, more of an owner and still have, um, the, the, the day work that I love uh, because this entrepreneurship thing is, is tough, you know, and a, a lot of people look at the Gary V's of the world and, and, and they want that, but they don't want the, the 18 hour days that come along with it. The loss of sleep, the fact that um, it strains your personal relationships and all the stuff, right. That comes along with it. Um, so I think, um, especially as the economy uh, continues to shift and, and grow, it's different than it was 20 years ago. You know, there are going to be more, more people that, have day jobs who are owners who are investors who who have multiple things on the side that they do and i think that's just a that's just a reality of where we're going so i i love that you brought that up <laughs> yeah thank you it's hard it's really hard but um i'm a really realistic person um, I am a dreamer, but I always balance that with being realistic. And I like to, <laughs> I'm at a stage in my life where I love traveling. I like to eat good. Yes. And right now, yes. Rocky, my brand, she's eating off Yes, I, I totally I'm get it. Her. So, Audra, if so. people want to reach out to you, <laughs> if they want to support your business, how can they do that? Visit my website. It's www.itsmerocky.com. Um, I'm on, I have my own Instagram. So you can go to Audra Robinson at Audra Robinson. I'm not that creative with, you know, uh, Instagram handles. So, okay, so um, you broke up a little bit when you were saying how to reach Robinson. you. So I'm going to have you, if you don't mind, repeat that part. You can reach me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Audra Robinson. Sorry. You can reach me on LinkedIn at Audra Robinson. Um, my handle on Instagram is the same, Audra Robinson. And then for my website, www.itsmerocky.com. And please follow my brand on Instagram. Very cool. Thank you so much so for your time, Audra. Rocky.
Thank you. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.